Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. Thank you so much for checking out the Holderness Family Podcast. This is a good one. And I feel like we right? say that every time, but like, really? This is a really good one. And you might, I don't know what we're going to title this. Maybe it's the benefits of menopause. I don't know what it is. Eat a salad. Eat a salad. No. Um, but... Even if you're one of the men who enjoy listening to this, you, you, I think men especially need to listen to this episode. Right. I'm going to lay out for a lot of this uh, because this is a women's issue that we're talking about. We're talking about women's hormones. We're talking about menopause, perimenopause. The thing that I wanted to do was learn on this podcast. And we did. We learned so much from Dr. Courtney because... I'll honestly tell you, like, I did not have a real idea of what it was. And I'm not sure that some some women don't even know exactly what menopause was. But once you learn what it's about, and once she explains to you, and she will later on in this episode, what kind of emotional responses your bodies go through, yes. this podcast will help your relationship. It is so much more than hot flashes. And it is like, I was near tears about three times because she was naming things that were happening to me. And I just, I just have been thinking I've been going crazy y'all um, as you've heard on this podcast. And I think just knowing, having this knowledge about what's happening in my body has been just very eye opening. And I think it was really helpful for Penn to know what's happening inside my body. So anyway, we just need to get right to it uh, before we get to it. There's a few housekeeping items, family face off our game is yeah. on Amazon or familyfaceoff.com. And also in our merch shop, you can order any new merchandise by December 15th yeah, to get it I'm in time gonna, for Christmas. Yeah. So that's on the holderness family.com. Um, and please tag us on Instagram or if you're playing the game we want to see you so first it's dr courtney sims mm-hmm. but she goes by dr courtney, courtney that's right with a K. we asked her 
We yes. always do that. And she has a, we ask her about all the letters after her name. Yes. We're going to tell you a little bit about them right now. Okay. So Dr. Courtney Sims is a Georgia native. She's become a Texas transplant, got her undergraduate training from Xavier University of Louisiana, stayed in New Orleans for med school training at Tulane. After med school, she went on to complete her OBGYN training at the University of Texas, Houston, and has been in private practice there since graduation. She's been all over the Southeast, y'all. Dr. Courtney is an advocate for holistic and integrative women's health, and she is on a mission to help women live well as we age. Last but definitely not least, she is a wife and a mother of two beautiful daughters and enjoys cooking, massages, and road trips in her free time. And she's got a letter, a lot of letters behind her name. Let's get right to it. Welcome to the show, Dr. Courtney. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You have a beautiful, infectious smile. We're looking at you on our screen. You may not hear it in the podcast, but also on the screen is her title. And I would like you to help me out with this. It says Dr. Courtney Sims, M-D-F-A-C-O-G-N-C-M-P-R-Y-T-200. You have earned every single one of those letters. So please tell me, please tell me what all those letters mean. Okay, so the MD, of course, is medical doctor, that's the physician part, right? Yeah. The FACOG, that's Fellow of American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Okay. Yeah. So that's the the national organization that most board certified OBGYNs are part of. Mm-hmm. The NCMP is a certification from the North American Menopause Society, which is the body that certifies menopause practitioners here in the U.S. Okay. Britain also has one. And then the RYT is registered yoga trainer. Oh, uh, 200 hours because I'm integrative. So and then soon, hopefully, I'll have some additional certifications as well, because I've been working on those. You're gonna need a bigger screen. I know. (laughs) Functional medicine. (laughs) It's gonna grow. The acronyms behind the name hopefully will be growing soon. I am a big fan of people Work, working hard and putting it out there. Your business card would be hilarious right now. <laughs> be- because you have a lot of certifications, you have a lot of letters that are very important behind your name. And it is, I think, when I was much younger growing up, all, all you had was an MD, right? And that's, mm-hmm. and that's really important and that's really hard. I'm not going to take away from that. But what is your motivation and how does it benefit your patients, do you think, to have this more integrative, holistic view at treating specifically women at this specific age? Well, I think that there's, you know, there's traditional medicine. And when I say traditional, I mean the base, I think of it as I think of it as base training Mm -hmm. that you get in medical school. And I always say when I got out into practice after I finished my residency, I had patients coming to me asking me about things that I didn't get exposure to in my traditional training. So they would ask me about different herbs. They would ask me about, you know, even if I'm presenting a medical option, they wanted to know, okay, well, what else is out there? What lifestyle changes could I, you know, make to affect my periods or my hormones? What foods could I eat or what food should I avoid? Or do you think that this is connected to anything deeper? And in your traditional training as a MD and as an OBGYN, you don't get a tremendous amount of exposure to that. It's something that I've kind of always been interested in. Even when I was in med school, you had a limited choice in electives and the elective that I chose to take was complementary and alternative medicine. Mm -hmm. So if I look back, you know, the thread to kind of integrative health has been there for me for a long time. But once I started getting more questions from my patients, it's just something that I decided to pursue because 
If they're asking me about it and I'm their trusted provider, then I want to be able to advise them the best that I can on what they should and should not do. And most people in general would prefer lifestyle. Like they would prefer a dietary change or a lifestyle change or even a brief period with a supplement or maybe some plant-based medicine as opposed to always having to have a pill. I say as an integrative practitioner that I try to take the best of all worlds. So that does doesn't exclude traditional. That doesn't exclude the traditional evaluation. It doesn't include uh, exclude medications if applicable or hormone replacement therapy if applicable because everything has pros and cons. But we just kind of want to widen the field, right? Mm-hmm. And not only just talk about prescription medication. And specifically when it comes to menopause, I I'm not there yet, but it's this big scary monster. That is, that's what I'm saying. Like the only thing I've heard about it. So I'm in my mid forties and I'm still Mm -hmm. trucking along, but you don't hear a lot of good things about menopause and the things you do. I hear the things I'm hearing. It's like, well, that's just the way it is. So uh, yeah, it's just the way it is. I mean, yeah, it's the way it is in terms of it is a natural process that every woman, if you live long enough, at some point you're going to transition through. So just like you had to mature as a woman and go through puberty, mm-hmm. this is the process of that winding down. So that's got to happen for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that we should open up the conversation to think of it as a, although there may be some symptoms that are associated with the wine bag that doesn't, we don't need to demonize menopause as if it's something that you must suffer through. Yeah. Let's, let's go back. Uh, Kim recently showed me a TikTok where there was a, it were these people that were asking men about the female body. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't. Like, a lot of them well, did not. The joke was like, <laughs> no, these, they the just, me, men yeah. typically are the ones making decisions uh, in in our government about women's Fair bodies, and in healthcare it, too, right? And in healthcare, but it, then it, it, irregardless, they seem to not know much about the the female body. I did okay on the test. I don't think I don't think I would do great if someone asked me, Pen, what is menopause? Okay, so I'd love so to just let ask me break that, that down for yeah. you. So menopause is basically the slow drawdown of hormones in a woman's body, specifically estrogen and progesterone. So when you go through puberty and you start, a woman starts having cycles, that is secondary to an increase in estrogen and progesterone subsequent to some other changes with your hormones. That is what allows women to have a cycle every month and be able to get eggs fertilized so little humans can be born. But that process is not meant to last forever. Men have hormones too, right? All humans, men and women, we all have estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. It's just that the ratio is different. And men start to go through a decline in their hormonal profile, usually around the late 20s, early 30s. So they go through their decline a little bit earlier than we do. Average age of menopause is 51. And so what starts to happen usually at first are there's some changes in the cycle, and that could be any change. It could be a changing in the timing. It could be a change in the flow. It could be a change in the characteristics. But what that is signifying is the ovaries, the two little 
organs that make estrogen and progesterone, they start to make less and less. And there are glands in the brain that kind of sense that this process is going on. It starts to try to provoke the ovary to make more and more. But the ovary is like, you know what? I'm tapping out. Like I'm I, I, I've done this for a long time. I'm tired. You no, know, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. So it makes less and less. And it's that's what leads to the symptoms. So the things that she's heard about, like the bad stuff, Mm -hmm. the hot flashes and the night sweats and the brain fog and the low drive and the dry skin, you know, all those things is because you have receptors for those hormones everywhere, all over your body as a woman. So when they're not being stimulated in the same way, you're going through the process of getting used to that. And that's a transition. Got it. Okay. Thank you. That was very, I'm I'm so sorry. Thank That's a really good question, Penn, because I just assume you're right. You don't know about that stuff because you don't go to, a gynecologist every year so what, <laughs> even those women who go to a gynecologist every year don't always understand yeah that so what are you just you just mentioned i i knew to expect like hot flashes and like weight gain and weird you know in different places things like that but what are some of the symptoms that can be linked to perimenopause uh, which is the time before official menopause that maybe we don't know of, that like maybe I'm going through and I it's I don't even realize it's a symptom of perimenopause. Maybe I am going through stuff now. I mean, a lot like the most common symptom is changes with the cycle. Mm-hmm. And then the most talked about symptoms usually are hot flashes and night sweats, mm-hmm. drops in your sex drive and that weight gain that you talked about, which in a certain physiological way is kind of your body trying to help you through the process because you can make estrogen from your adipose tissue. Mm -hmm. So part of the reason why you kind of build in that little bit of weight gain is a reaction to the drop in estrogen. It's almost like your body's innate way of knowing, hey, I'm losing some of the the potential for my organs to make this hormone. So let's use some of these other pathways Mm. that we can use. But usually that's about only about five, 10 pounds at most. When you start to gain weight outside of that, it's because that loss of estrogen also lead in testosterone can start to drop off, leads to a drop in muscle mass. It's the same thing that kind of happens to men when they start to lose their testosterone. It's harder for them to keep and build their muscle mass. But you also have issues with your skin elasticity, issues with dryness, and that can be everywhere, right? Like not just the skin on your face, but also vaginal dryness, difficulty with intercourse because of the vaginal dryness. You can have brain fog. That's a really common symptom. Mm-hmm. So not just the cognitive processes don't function as well whenever you're going through that transition where your brain is getting used to the drop in estrogen. So that tends to get better. Once you officially go through menopause, and I always like to just, you know, perimenopause is a common, you know, term that everybody uses, but menopause itself, I describe it as kind of like an anniversary date. It's mm-hmm. one day. So it's the the date where it's been uh, one year since your last period. That's menopause. Before that, you're pre. After that, you're post. Perry is the whole shebang, it's right? When okay. you're leading okay. up to menopause and you started to have those those transitions, the anniversary date, and then the period of time after where your body is still getting accommodated and used to not having as much hormones around. How long does that Hair last? Hair loss can happen. It's a lot of things. Yeah. How long can that last from beginning to end? From beginning to end, you'll be shocked. 
about 14 years, 14 to 16. Of course, you'll have some people who go through their transition in a shorter period of time and some people who take longer than average, but that's the average. If you add up all of the individual stages, 14. Now, symptom-wise, on average, it's usually five to seven years. So a much shorter period where you're really actively experiencing a variety of symptoms. So not everybody's going to have hot flashes. Not everybody's going to have night sweats. So That really sucks. Yes. I'm so well, sorry. It, I like that sucks. That's a long no, time. Think but. of it think of it this way. I describe it as just like you had to go through puberty to mature the hormonal system, that happened for a biological reason. And that biological yeah. reason was for procreation, right? Where you're mothering and you're taking care of other little humans and other things. At some point in a woman's life, it would be good if you could start to focus more on yourself as mm-hmm. opposed to mothering something. So when you go through this transition and you're losing those hormones, they're decreasing, right? You're kind of also t- being able to enter a space where your focus is more towards what you want. You're losing that biological drive to really care more about other people and mm-hmm. put yourself last on the list. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. That can be a good thing. So the only thing that you have to do is make sure, okay, I know I know this is going to happen at some point, this is around the average age when it's supposed to happen, right? Like it can happen anytime after 40, average age 51. So I need to prepare myself because it's going to happen, right? So I need to make sure I'm eating lots of fruits and vegetables, doing green tea, doing exercise, trying to optimize my body so that when I go through this transition, I weather it well, and I don't hide in a closet and act like there's a problem with this happening. This can be a good thing. Go to my provider, have a conversation. What are all of my options? What all can I do from a lifestyle perspective to help my body adjust to the decrease? That can really help to minimize a lot of the symptoms. So it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's like menopause has been shut in the closet forever and nobody wants to talk about it because like you're hot and you're sweaty and you're moody and you have low patience and you know, while your body's adjusting, that might not sound so pleasant, but there are a lot of things that you can do to mitigate those symptoms. Hey, hang in there. We're going to be right back. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Penn, you know I'm always looking for a snack that's both nutritious and tasty. Both a little snacky, yes. Uh, but of course, the healthy stuff tastes like sand, and the stuff that tastes good isn't healthy, right? Not IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are a quick, low-carb option that I love to grab for my midday slump. 
So start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. Get seven IQ Bar flavors, four IQ Mix flavors, and four IQ Joe flavors. And today, our listeners get an exclusive offer for 20% off plus free shipping. Just text Holderness to 64000, which is 64000. All IQ Bar products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMO, and artificial sweeteners. Plus, they're packed with high-quality ingredients to keep you physically and mentally fit. And they have a bunch of delicious flavors like chocolate sea salt, which is my favorite, peanut butter chip, and wild blueberry. Don't forget over 10,000 five-star reviews and counting. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Holderness to 64000. Get your discount. Text Holderness to 64000. That's Holderness to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This show is sponsored by Care Of. Pen. The birds are singing. Mm-hmm. The the buds are on the tree. Yes. Winter is finally turning into spring. Yeah, you're a big fan of the spring. And you know, I also love the sun finally coming out from hiding. And you know me, the cold weather just wreaks havoc on my skin, my energy levels, everything. And that is why you've, Kim, you've been trying the Care of Vitamin Packs? Yep, they have these daily packs that you can take on the go, like ceramides, which help reinforce your skin's protective barrier, and iron for energy levels. Yeah, it's awesome because all you do to get started is take a short online quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals, and Care of will give you doctor-backed recommendations. And they ship high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. And something new at Care of, if you're not yet ready to subscribe to monthly packs, some of their best-selling vitamins are now also available in bottles. For 50% off your first Care of subscription order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code HOLDERNESS50. That's 50% off your first Care of subscription order at TakeCareOf.com and use code HOLDERNESS50. So I do want to talk to you about options and lifestyle changes. I do want to talk about, but I, I loved, I was almost emotional when you're talking about that because... There, I mean, there was a time with, I, we have two children, and there was a time in their lives when there wasn't a minute of the day where I didn't know where they were, how many times they had pooped, like, and like, and if I hadn't, if I dropped them off at preschool and I didn't see them for three hours, like, it was, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, now they're teenagers, I drop them off, and, you know, one of them's going to a slumber party, and I'm not going to see her till tomorrow, like, I'm going to go, and that's, but if, if I were so hormonally kind of dependent and needing that maternal care like it would have been impossible for me to mother her in this stage now because what Mm -hmm. she needs me right now is just like a ride home and probably you know like a bottle (laughs) and a little space like i just don't need like episodic advice yeah yeah she just needs some space like she needs like she'll probably want me to buy her something tomorrow and you know what i mean like she needs my credit card and she needs some space but that's like we have a great relationship but if i were so hormonally in that like my knee because that is there's an instinct that takes over right when your baby's like you have like you have to be there. And now right. I just, it's actually lovely. Like, because I do get to focus on myself and mm-hmm. I'll get to go on a walk. Like I'll get to do all this stuff for myself and it is lovely. And, right. and that's, and I didn't realize like my body, like there was something happening inside my brain and body 
that was, that was a, latching you to them. That was lat- not emotionally only latching to the, and now doing the very, we're all doing the natural unraveling that needs mm-hmm. to happen because I'm not doing my job if they feel so dependent on us that they don't feel safe to leave the nest, you know? Right. They have to gain that sense of independence. And I always say, you know, women, you know, some of that hormonal drive is a mothering instinct. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, women tend to mother something, whether that is a child or a business or a project or Mm -hmm. a, a community, you tend to, when you're going through that period of your life, you tend to mother something. Mm -hmm. This, when you start going through your perimenopausal transition to menopause transition to postmenopause transition, I think energetically it's more about you really focusing in more on your intent for the world, the legacy that you want to leave, and then what you've neglected, like turning time to, you know, interest and hobbies and things that you've always wanted to do, but you didn't feel that you had the time and the space to do it because you were mothering something. This is so fascinating, uh, Dr. Courtney, because uh, I, we talk a lot on this podcast. I've even written some blogs about like, I, I, I just really feel the need for like a project right now. Like I, I feel the need for something, you know, to get into. I'm like, maybe I'll start playing pickleball. Maybe I'll start needlepoint. <laughs> like what is the thing that it is mine that is not yes. tied to something else and I that you do for someone that I'm doing I'm I'm doing it for myself and not Mm -hmm. for somebody else and I it didn't even occur to me that it was just a very natural life phase that had like process and had like a hormonal kind of tendencies like what are the other good things like what are the other good things that we can look forward to when I'm going when I'm having hot flashes in a few years or maybe next week (laughs) what can I like what are the things I can point to and say like well "Well, this isn't also bad I mean our temperatures are going to be more consistent with each other yes because right now I'm always freezing (laughs) because I like it at about 65 and you like it at about 942 so I feel like that's going to be a bonus for us right that's going to be a bonus that's definitely going to be less arguments around and you're you're lucky because a lot of men don't like it that cold so you won't have any arguments over the thermostat in the house when you want to turn it down you know one good thing is your sex drive does tend to increase okay you know whether or not it's the loss of inhibition around not having to mother as much Mm -hmm. and because your estrogen and progesterone levels are starting to trend down for a lot of women the testosterone level tends can maintain mm-hmm. so you tend to enter this phase of your life where you are a lot more amorous and you do have a lot more drive and you know you want to spend more time doing hanky panky <laughs> so that's not yeah. right a bad thing that's not that's a bad a thing. thing yeah mm-hmm. So it doesn't all have to be bad, but your body, you know, again, because you have receptors for these hormones, literally from your head to your toe, you have to expect some adjustment. Your body's a little upset that it's not getting its daily dose at the same level of estrogen and progesterone that it used to. And so some of the things that men really start to transition through from their late twenties, early thirties, we get that once we hit our perimenopause, but it's a little bit different in women because we're cyclical from puberty. Men don't have that same cycle when it comes to their hormones. So it affects the drawdown of our hormones affects us differently than it does for them. Does one of those letters uh, after your name help you with kind of uh, the relationship side of this? I want to, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny here. 
I, I, I would like to know what the partner of someone going through menopause can look out for and not to like bum you back out because we just talked about all the good stuff, but there are going to be some, some things that we can do to be there for them. Right. Uh, obviously right. I, I would imagine that learning about it is number one, cause that creates empathy. Right. And so we're, that's mm-hmm. what we're in the process of doing that right now with you just through your experience, any other things that I can, should I be looking out for if there's like warning signs for something or if it just, just for me to understand yeah. and know what to do. Got it. So I always say as a gynecologist, every gynecologist is part therapist Mm -hmm. because we deal with hormonal beings. So there are going to be some good times and some, you know, rocky times. (laughs) So you hit it right. The nail right on the head when they said, okay, first I need to like know that this is a thing, right? Like every woman goes through this when my partner is in their 40s. Sometimes for some women, it could even be late 30s, which would be a little early, but it does happen. Um, Or in their 50s, this is the period of life hormonally that they're going to be in. When you start to go through this transition and your hormone levels go down, I say you start to lose a little bit of your hormonal filter. So the stuff that previously maybe you weren't saying, because I always say it's a biological need for procreation. So if you, if a woman said everything that was on her mind all the time (laughs) from when she was a young woman, there might not be any more humans left. Like we might've been extinct. The filter is real. And the filter is real. And when you go through this transition, that filter starts to go away. So that even extends to your partner. So some of the stuff you might be at home and you're like, wait a minute, like we don't usually have this type of conversation. You're just, you, you're being a little bit more direct and a little bit meaner than I'm expecting or you were previously. And part of that is because that filter is gone. And if you notice a lot of snappiness, I always say it's usually because a woman doesn't feel like she has the support that she needs. She doesn't feel like she has the space. She doesn't feel like you are recognizing the changes that she's going through. She's battling a lot, having her body trying to adjust, and she's not feeling the support that she needs. Women need, in this transition, they need support. They need empathy. They need space, right? Space to just even vent. Yeah. And I would like, I, I'm like this, like the second time I'm like almost getting emotional here. Cause I have to say I have an incredibly empathetic partner, but I think our most recent uh, arguments have fallen on around the space of like, I get snappy. Cause I'm like, I'm doing all this. I'm doing everything. You're doing nothing. First of all, untrue. He's still doing, like, he does a lot. Like he's number, <laughs> world's number one dad, drives the bus for the basketball team. Like he's doing a lot too, but I feel like there's this perception. That, so do like, you think it's happening to you now? Yeah, okay. I do. Because I think that, but also I have, and we're just also in this stage of life where we have several friends going through divorces. Mm-hmm. And I think the, I think maybe they weren't great relationships from the start. Let's just say mm-hmm. that there's that. But I think there's also uh, the women in the relationship have hit a wall where they're like, I'm done. I dealt yeah. with this. You know, I put up with this for <laughs> maybe Maybe that has to do years. with the filter, right? The well, filter has left. To do with the filter. Yeah. Remember I said how you're losing your, your focus really at this point in your life is more about what you care about. Yeah. So stuff that you might have brushed aside yeah. or just kept plugging along up until you get to perimenopause. Once you hit that perimenopausal wall, you don't have the hormonal patience to keep dealing with stuff that you previously may have put up with. So yeah. that can lead to some conflict. 
Not in just, you know, in every personal relationship, it can lead to conflict at work because you're, you don't have that same level of patience to deal with stuff that you previously would have overlooked. And if you're, if you've been doing stuff all along, right. And even if your partner is empathetic and they're trying to provide you support, think of it as, like if you're a really supportive partner and you've always been a really supportive partner, you need to allow even more grace, even more space because your partner is literally going through a body revolution. Like their body is completely different from the inside out. So they need more space. Like it's not, it's not an illness. It's a natural transition, but anybody going through something major needs even more support than previously. You need to get on the biggest pedestal you can get on the biggest step stool you can get on and get the megaphone and get this message out <laughs> i mean I, i'm i'm telling like here's why and okay guys let's just let's go back let's go back to like standard guy a girl gets snippy when mm-hmm. she's 35 what do you say well what are you on your period like that's like like we're yes we because yeah it, you're hormonal you're yeah. being hormonal right and, mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes that's just that's just pettiness. Sometimes that's a lack of education. I'm not saying that this is what I want to do. I want to be like, what are you getting menopause right now? If you get snippy with me, it's not an excuse, right? But what mm-hmm. it is, is it's a, it's an understanding that we can have. As a, as a, did I just lose my microphone? I don't. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh my gosh. I got really emotional. My microphone, no, uh, no, my, no. my headphones <laughs> went out. So we have emotions going I, right I really in there. <laughs> so many yeah. emotions. Sorry. Once, once partners understand what's going on, we will give more grace than you think we will give. So just hearing this and hearing like there could be a, a hormonal reason, which is also comes with the ability to give birth to the, to the children who we love, like that makes it easier to get through and understand and, and for both of us, don't you think? I think so, because also I have thought and we've had conversations here on this podcast and like obviously in private, I felt a little bit like I'm going crazy because I'm like, what is wrong with me that like I am, I feel very, I feel more anxious than I ever have. Mm -hmm. I like, Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing. That's a hormonal. There are increased risk um, rates of anxiety and depression during this period of time. And some women who have never had or experienced those things before will first start to experience them when they go through perimenopause. Mm -hmm. So it's very, it you know different people are different right mm-hmm. some people all their life they've been very vocal and it's been very easy for them to kind of say what they want and mm-hmm. demand what they want right. but not every person is that way and when you start to go through this transition just like men can bring the space mm-hmm. and the support women have to feel like it is okay to say this is what i want this is what i need and feel okay about it sometimes you can feel internally you can know what you want and what you need, but the verbalization of that doesn't always come out so clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can lead to a sense of frustration as well. And then if you are not feeling like you can adequately communicate your needs and you're going through all these changes, guess what that leads to? More snippiness. Yeah. So sometimes you don't have the patience. Like, you know, speaking of your friends, you know, going through the ups and downs, you know, that is a, that's another common challenge, right, of this period of time. But that hormonal shift that's going on causes a lot of women to realize like, look, I have these needs that have been neglected for years and I just cannot see the rest living the rest of my life like this. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I've lived to, I've lived X amount of time. I've done this. I've poured into whatever I've been mothering. And I do, I'm looking forward now at this point at the rest of my life. And the thought of doing this same thing in this same pattern is not, I, I can't, I can't deal. Yeah. With and, it. and I could see how in a relationship or even to your point in a business relationship, it doesn't have to a friendship. Like it, it doesn't have to be like a romantic partnership that, mm-hmm. um, that, you become more motivated to speak your mind. I would say like, I've always been the type of person that takes me like a day to process how I'm feeling, to even know how I'm feeling about something. Like if I mm-hmm. get in an, if, if something, if it, something traumatic happens, you know, or something, or even not traumatic, it'll take me a day to be like, wow, that was really hard. Like it takes me a while to vocalize how I feel. I will say at this point in my life, I, I am getting to that faster, which I think saves time. And it does. I, right? Like it saves time. <laughs> Not having the slowdown of the filter does save yeah, time. It saves you know, a, a lot, lot of time. Like, yep, no. At this point, I know I don't like that. This right. happened and it, it's not going to take me a day to figure out that I didn't like that. I know right I now. I know right now that that was inappropriate mm-hmm. and that was rude. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. so I can. And so, I'm not tolerating and, uh, it. And that's a blood. Okay. So it, it, I think it's also just so helpful, like to Penn's point to know and to have language around it. I'm not going to walk through the house and every time I'm in a bad mood, I'm maybe like, it's menopause. Like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but in a way, it makes me feel better to know that I'm not going crazy. Right? Yeah. It makes me feel so it better. It makes because, men feel better. Yeah. It makes the partner feel better too to know okay, there is some, re- it's not me. A lot of partners will feel like when they're getting that, yeah. from, you know, they're like, I did, what did I do wrong? Like, I thought I was doing everything that I was supposed to do. I don't understand why I got that tone or that language or I, I you know, so it can be difficult for even people who are trying to be supportive, it can be hard for them because they don't understand where it came from, right? So that's why sometimes I like people to know what's going on so they don't, you know, the the men in the relationship don't internalize like, oh, it's something that I did. If you're being there, you're being supportive and creating the space. Sometimes you have to let some stuff just slide over, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, this is not me. She's not directing this at me personally. This is just um, her processing, but she's processing it verbally. So I'm just going to let this slide on over. And then if it becomes a recurrent theme, then, okay, this is it. This is an issue. This is not just a processing. This is something that she's identifying as something that needs to change. Okay. So then I'm going to listen, going to listen a lot, use my ears, not my mouth and try to hear what she needs and then support that. And then, and, and to your point, if it is recurrent, like therapy, like a lot of stuff, like there's, yes, don't, don't, ex- yeah. Hormones are just fascinating. <laughs> I'm, are. I'm just going to, like, there was a period from 13 to about 23 when all I cared about were boobs. <laughs> And naked not, girls, like just that's, that's all. True. That's, that's a true all thing. I care, and I'm not trying to be perverted about this, yeah. but I would be in church and I'd be thinking about boobs. I would be, <laughs> yes. I would be in class looking at uh, a math problem, boobs, like college, <laughs> boobs. Uh, my first job, boobs. Like it was just all, all. It's all you think about. That's that testosterone. And I can't. And I couldn't do anything. I mean, but to be, but also like will, yesterday, like I was trying to have a conversation with boobs, you, and yeah, I was like she, changing. Yeah. 
goes, I'm sorry, your boobs are out. I'm like, oh my God. Well, it's <laughs> my focus. I, I still, I still love them, but, but I, I, I guess but the, you can be productive and not like draw boobs on your paper. Right yes. Now. Yes. Yes. I just think it's fascinating. And, um, the way, so when you describe this as a hormonal drawdown and knowing that the power that those, that those hormones have over all of our lives and are in many ways uncontrollable, even though society tries to find a way, uh, to sub, sub, you know, what is it, subvert them, uh, they are not to be denied. Um, we now yeah. have a daughter who is 15. We have a son who is 12. We are experiencing okay, that he's, side he's, of he, it. Like, oh gosh, now I'm thinking about it. He's probably thinking about boobs. He's thinking about boobs right, right now. Right, <laughs> he's like, right now. Right At now. this very minute, he he's is in thinking, math about, class thinking about he's boobs. He's thinking about boobs. Oh and there's God. nothing, there's, oh I, but there's nothing wrong with. I think there's, I, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Is that there, is there for a reason as well. I mean, <laughs> it's it's all behind. Even though you know we live in modern times and we're intellectual and we have all of this time and space to be and create, and you know, it's not all about procreation anymore. Biologically, on a DNA basis, it's all about procreation. Right. You're yeah. here, and your hormones, your hormones are driving you towards procreation, procreation, procreation. Boobs and butts so, and legs and whether or not that ends up in an actual human or it just ends up in a lot of intercourse yeah. that hormonal drive to spread the seed is real it's yeah. real and okay so boobs okay moving on um <laughs> okay so you have a lot of those extra letters after your title have led you to talk about I, I really appreciate a lifestyle approach and but also that not denying like a traditional medicine approach if if needed what are some lifestyle modifications you recommend for people that are experiencing symptoms going through this time of life and, you know, supplements? Like, what are the things that I can be doing to kind of support myself right now? So I there, think of it as there's a two-phased approach. I try to work a lot with my women who are premenopausal before they get to perimenopause because optimizing your lifestyle, eating a lot of of fruits and vegetables, working on any excess weight that you have will help your transition. It will help you weather the transition a lot easier. So if you can kind of get on the health and wellness train, even before you hit perimenopause, it's going to be a smoother ride for you. And that's not just you know, body and diet wise, that's also mental wise, right? So if you have like excess baggage or emotional trauma that you need to work through when you don't have the support of your hormones, a lot of dealing with those emotions can be much more difficult. So, you know, try to work on your stuff Mm -hmm. before you get to perimenopause. And then once you get to perimenopause, still focusing in on lots of fiber, dietary fiber. So that's going to be lots of vegetables, eating the rainbow because there are estrogens and estrogen-like compounds in plants as well. So even though your ovaries may be making less estrogen, you can still source it out, right? Mm-hmm. So you can, the, the estrogens that are in plants are weaker than the ones that you naturally produce, but they can still fill that void in terms of the receptor to give you a little bit of stimulation so you're not as symptomatic as your body adjust to lower levels. 
So I always say I have this little chart that I give to my patients. So it has all of the colors of the rainbow. And the goal is to eat two servings from each color every day, right? So two reds, two oranges, two yellows, two greens, two whites, two purple blacks, two browns. That's like your goal. You want diversity in your diet. Um, Doing, you know, weightlifting, you know, a lot of people focus on the cardio and cardio is great. But when you start to go through this transition, if that was you previously, you really really want to try to bring in some strength training, whether that's weights or it's body resistance exercises or swimming or yoga. You want to make sure that you're uh, paying attention to your muscle mass because you will start to lose that. That also helps a little bit with the cognitive fog. Doing things like green tea helps with your mitochondria, also helps to give you some flavonoids that helps to mitigate symptoms. Yoga is good twofold, not just for the strength resistance and the muscle mass, but also for linking that breath to body. So making sure that that mind-body connection is strong, that there are certain poses in yoga that can help to decrease your hot flash because just like you can build heat in yoga, you can release heat. So, you know, starting a yoga practice would be good to do. And then acupuncture is another big lifestyle recommendation that I make to a lot of people because that improves hot flashes about 60 to 70% of the time. Um, And then I'm also big into herbal medicine. So, you know, there are a lot of things just like you can source, you know, plant-based estrogens in foods. You can also source herbal compounds in plants, things like sage that really help to draw down some of those vasomotor symptoms. So you have a lot of options when it comes to lifestyle, you know, just day-to-day things that you're doing to help you better weather this period of time, um, even before you get to the hormone you know, HRT conversation, but HRT can be beneficial in different ways. And yes, it can help you. therapy. Yes. Hormone replacement therapy. It can, and that's specifically, I'm referring to like replacement with estrogen and progesterone. I usually recommend a transdermal form. So through the skin, as opposed to taking an oral pill, because it doesn't go through the same metabolism process as if you took an oral pill. Um, and so it's a little bit safer in terms of its effects that way. But hormone replacement therapy is good for symptoms, but also can be uh, beneficial for cardiovascular risk reduction as you get older, um, neurodegenerative disease risk reduction as you get older. So there are a lot more recent studies that go towards some of the protective benefits that women may see post-hormone replacement therapy. So I talk to my women and my patients about all their options. Um, and then I even partnered with a company phenology to help kind of package some of this same advice that I give to my patients one-on-one because that's the other the other bad thing about this particular period of a woman's life there's not a lot of doctors who are formally trained in hormonal management or that are formally trained in menopause I have had patient on patient on patient in my office who said that they've been telling their doctor they've been having hormonal symptoms for years and they told them that it was just normal they didn't offer them any type of counseling they didn't tell them about anything in their lifestyle that they could do they just they didn't listen so a lot of women you know, inherently know that something is transitioning in their body, but they're, and they're trying to get assistance, but they're not necessarily getting it at their doctor's office. They're being left to the, that's why I'm glad you guys are talking about it because this may be a woman's only way to get some type of someone to, to talk about what's, what they may be feeling and what's going on inside. 
Uh, well, and, and that was my next question because I know with the hormone relate or replacement therapy, there was like one negative report, I think, back in the early 2000s or something. Mm-hmm. And I know my mom just immediately stopped taking it because she saw in the news. A like, lot of oh. women did. And, 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 and that messed her up even more. And so, mm-hmm. but like like you're saying, there's all this evidence to say there are some, there are some risks, but there are some benefits, but definitely it's exactly. a conversation to have with your doctor. But mm-hmm. I mean, some of those letters that, that you have a special, like you've been trained to talk about menopause specifically, but even I checked in the practice I go to now, there's nobody with that certification. So, and not, not to say that they can't talk about this, but it would, I would love, and you're in Texas. So I, I, yeah, so, um, (laughs) but I'm in North Carolina. So like how, who should I be seeking out? Like what sort of, like, who should I be seeking out and the people listening where should they be reaching out for like information? And these are obviously when you're talking about supplements and you're talking about medicines, they need to talk to a doctor. So yeah, what they I do. And for? I always recommend talking, you know, talking to a trusted, experienced provider in terms of people seeking you know, a a provider, I would recommend the North American Menopause Society because they keep a list online. You can go in, you can type in your zip code, you can find a certified practitioner or the closest one to you in your area. And, you know, with the advent of telemedicine, they don't necessarily need to be in your town or in your city as long as they're in your state Mm -hmm. and they see people virtually because most of the time, as long as you have a, a regular primary care provider that's doing the rest of your primary care, you can have that hormonal discussion with somebody miles away and Mm. give them that advice and talk to them about their symptoms and start, you know, a lifestyle program with them. So I definitely recommend North American Menopause Society to try to find a trained practitioner. And then, like I was saying, I partnered with a brand, Phenology, to try to build community as well. So there's an app, there are dietary coaches, there are products that we design, AM and PM gummies, the things to help you with your symptoms so that even if you don't have a provider in your state, which I do, I think that NAMS now pretty much has providers in all states. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that gives hope to women everywhere that even if my doctor doesn't have it, I should be able to find a trained provider in Mm -hmm. my state. Um, But if you're just looking for like a sense of community and maybe some discussion around options that are not prescription based, do you want information and advice about how do I need to tweak my diet? You want information about just identifying, am I going through this period of time? That's a big question that a lot of women have too. They want to know, okay, am I here? Am I not here yet? Is it about to happen? Um, So there's a tracker in there that can help you track your cycles to give you some immediate feedback as to this is the stage that we think that you're in. This is what you should anticipate Mm because it's that lack of knowledge about what's going to be happening with my body. What symptoms should I look out for? Um, So I help to build that too. So there are, I want women to have support in this arena. Tell me the name of that again. It's Phenology, phenology phenology.com. Can you spell that? Uh, P-H-E-N-O-L-O-G-Y. I think that's right. I think I spelled that right. Yep. (laughs) This is also a spelling bee. We like to make people spell. The other one, like I said, is North American Menopause Society or NAMS for short. Okay. And are there there things that, are there symptoms that people could experience that are like, oh, red flag, not normal. You need to go talk to somebody now. Mm Mm-hmm. 
if it's if you're having ab- a lot of abnormal bleeding, right? Mm-hmm. So you know you're having heavy bleeding. You, you're what we refer to as flooding, having a lot of pain. That's not normal for the perimenopause transition. You know you want to seek out advice as to what else it might be. Um, if you're having, you know, sometimes headaches can be part of the hormonal transition, but they can also be other things. Sometimes you know brain fog can be part of the hormonal transition, but it can also also be early onset dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you think that you're going through perimenopause, and I've seen this in my practice as well, but you actually have some other hormonal dysfunction. You're not going through perimenopause, but maybe you just have an imbalance in your hormones. Maybe you have, maybe it's just your progesterone that's deficient, but your estrogen is fine. Maybe it's your thyroid. Is there, so, so is there a blood test that can tell you? Yes. There's a blood test that can tell you if you remember how I said you have these glands in your brain that kind of sense when your ovaries are starting to go on vacay. Mm-hmm. So there is a test that you can get done. It's an FSH that will let you know, okay, if it's starting to rise above 10, that we're suspicious that you're probably entering the perimenopause period. Um, NAMS will, it has a position statement where they say, you know, you don't have to have that test to know whether or not you're going through perimenopause. The number one advice that they give is observe your cycle. And that's what I try to tell my patients. Don't just start observing your cycle when you're in your forties. Like you should, if you have a cycle, you should be tracking that cycle. If you're a teenager, your young daughter tracking, if she's having a cycle, every woman should be tracking their cycle because that is how you, that is usually going to be your first red flag changes in the cycle. That's going to tell you up, something's up with my Mm -hmm. hormones. Now, what it might be to be determined, that's why I go to my doctor, have some blood work done so I can see exactly what hormonal issue is at play. But that's going to be your number one red flag is starting to have some problems with your cycle typically. Okay. I need, I'm, I'm going on a website. I'm finding a new doctor. Getting some blood work done. And you can add them. You don't have to ditch your, you know, your if you have a great OBGYN, keep them. Think of this as building a team, right? Just like I was saying, okay, maybe do some yoga, do some acupuncture. You can add these people into your team. You can keep your OBGYN and add in somebody who's trained by NAMS so that you have that specific specialist on your team. So you don't have to, you know, I tell people, you know, if you have a good doctor, don't ditch them. But when it comes to this particular particular phase of your life and you're looking to make sure that you're getting the best advice, you're getting the advice from somebody who's trained in this specifically so you can really be educated on the pros and cons of everything. Yeah. Just like you wouldn't, you know, go to a rheumatologist for bone cancer, you you know, you would go to them for arthritis. You would go to them for maybe autoimmune disease. You wouldn't go to them for a heart attack because they're not the right specialist Mm -hmm. for that. So that's why I recommend, you know, seeking somebody. I I always like to ask this question. You're mentioning, you know, uh, getting an additional doctor. You're mentioning acupuncture. You're mentioning uh, a, a different diet. You're mentioning weightlifting. Some of those things can be time consuming. Some of those things can be expensive. If you had to pick like the one most important thing that you need to do to eating, to, changing your nutrition. So it's nutrition's it's number one. Nutrition's number one. Okay. 
you know, and if, if cost is an issue, right, like sourcing local, starting to grow, even little things like sprouts, right? Sprouts aren't expensive to start. You could do that. You don't have to have a whole garden in your backyard. Start sprouting some PCs, start doing some broccoli sprouts, you know, start a, some microgreens, some herb, an herb garden in your windowsill, but just kind of consistently move towards better nutrition, more plants, more fruits, green tea, less red meat, less saturated fat. And if you have the saturated fat, make sure it's the good fat, right? High in omega-3s. Diet, 90%, right? Sleep, you know, not overworking yourself. We don't usually, we don't have that thrust in this country. It's like work till you die. So trying to have good sleep hygiene, setting a bedtime and sticking to it, being consistent with that, allowing time and space for, you know, mental reset and relaxation. Those things don't cost money. It just takes effort, right? Mm -hmm. And time. And sometimes you have to put other people in their place so that they're not (laughs) demanding more from you than you have to give. Um, And and women in particular, whether or not that comes from the estrogen and the mothering aspect, we, we don't innately tend, not most women, they don't innately tend to do that very well. We we seem to be very good at putting other people's needs first. I think men have the benefit, I don't know whether or not it's from the testosterone, but they typically seem to have the benefit of not having that problem. Yeah. You know, it's like me, me for, I'm going to save myself first and then it's everyone else. And mm-hmm. women kind of naturally think outward and it's like, let me save the world. And, and then, then if I have time, if I have time, I I'll, I'll save myself. myself. <laughs> I'll put the oxygen mask on if I have time. Yeah. Um, well, this has been so enlightening and just relief. Like just, I'm experiencing just some relief having some names for things and a reason for things. I mean, do you feel the same way, Penn? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to keep it short and sweet. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending this time with us. I hope that our platform is a big enough med- megaphone but if not i hope you- it's a mini phone it's a mini it's phone, not a megaphone. <laughs> I hope- we gotta get you on dax shepherd next i know we need to get you we yeah. need to get you a megaphone i want to get help you, you yeah. because just i think it's so comforting for women to know that there are options and also like the good things about this time of life yeah um, it doesn't all have to be bad let's not demonize menopause yeah. it's a natural thing it's meant to happen there's a silver lining to it it's just a transition right mm-hmm. it's just like a little change it's a change that you have to kind of adjust to but on the other side of that is no periods mm-hmm. high sex drive okay Freedom from the need to take care of other people. I mean, you know, time for yourself. YOLO. Not that doesn't sound bad. No, that does not sound bad at it, all. The, the cliff notes are good. The cliff notes are uh, loss of filter. It's not always me. Um, <laughs> uh, eat eat a salad. <laughs> several, <laughs> several. Do some yoga. Eat several salads, and you're maybe gonna have some more sex. Yeah. Which is great. yeah. Okay. So where can yeah. people? Okay, we got we got the website and the app that you help. Is there any any, any other place you want to point people uh, to to find information about you or what you're doing? Doctor, if they just remember Doctor Courtney, I, that's my TikTok, that's my Instagram. I have a website all under Doctor Courtney. I have a Facebook under Doctor Courtney. So Doctor Courtney with a K. Courtney with a K. Courtney yes. with a K. Well, thank you so much. 
Thank you for Uh, having me talking about this topic. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. This has been great.